Hello, and welcome everyone to Stand By Me's podcast series. Stand By Me is a partnership between the United Way of Delaware and the State of Delaware that offers free one-on-one support to Delawareans who want to understand more about their money, make good financial decisions, and achieve their financial goals. March is National Credit Awareness Month. In today's world, so much of our ability to accomplish our financial goals depends on maintaining good credit. Joining us for today's podcast is Jude Laskevich and Manaj Phillip, two Stand By Me coaches who work closely with individuals to access their credit reports, understand factors that affect their credit scores, and ways to work on increasing those scores over time. Welcome to the program. To get us started, why is it important to build a solid credit history? Jude? Well, it's important to build a solid credit history because credit is one of the foundations of a financial plan. And a lot of the things that we think about in terms of financial success have an underpinning of credit, whether that is buying a home, uh, saving for retirement, um, accessing car insurance, getting a job, finding an apartment. All of these things have something to do with your credit. So one of the most important things that people can do is, first of all, understand where they stand with their credit and then figure out how they can build that to their best advantage. And then how do you check your credit report, uh, either on your own or in conjunction with someone else? So here at Stand By Me, we have uh, a unique ability to pull free credit reports for people. And so it's a full FICO report. And FICO is the gold standard for credit reporting. FICO is F-I-C-O. It stands for uh, Fair Isaac Corporation. And they set the gold standard for credit reporting. And so at Stand By Me, we can pull a free FICO report. It's a soft inquiry, so it does not lower your credit scores. And you'll get your full credit profile in addition to three FICO scores. So one score for each bureau. So your Equifax score, your Experian score, and your TransUnion score. Um, But to find your full comprehensive uh, detailed credit profile, you have to either, I mean, the best way to do it is to get it from FICO's website, which is www.myfico.com, M-Y-F-I-C-O.com. And there you'll get your full credit profile. You'll see all the various FICO scores, the categories, the versions of those scores, et cetera. So you'll see your FICO mortgage scores, your FICO automobile lending scores, different versions of those, all compounded by um, uh, the credit bureaus. So you'll see dozens of credit scores that you have to your name. Um, So that's the best way. And uh, to get a one-time report from FICO, it's about $60. And you'll be given a PDF version of uh, your entire credit profile. But if you'd like to get a quick uh, snapshot of where you stand, uh, and it's a really, really, really detailed snapshot, you can go to uh, any Stand By Me coach and we can do it for free. So what are the score ranges? Like what's a typical average score or what's a good or excellent score? So the, the answer to almost everything with credit is it depends. And it really depends on who's asking because different lenders for different reasons will have different criteria for credit scores. So credit scores can range from, depending on which model you're using, from like 350 up to 850 or even higher. But most of the, the standard ones go up to about 850, I believe. And the, the higher the score, the better your credit, the better rates you're going to get, the better offers, the more options you'll have. But when you think about getting a car or getting a loan or a mortgage, the criteria can really depend on what it is you're looking for. So 
just in general, most people would say that having a credit score above 600 is going to open more doors for you. Obviously, if you're in the 700s, you're going to be, you know, kind of golden and have more opportunities. But we try to help people get to, you know, like 650 and above is going to be a good benchmark for many of the entry level credit products that people need. Are there different FICO credit scores for different purposes, like for getting a mortgage, getting a car, um, credit card, et cetera? Yeah, there are. So, uh, you know, different uh, banks or different lenders look at different uh, pieces of your credit profile to make a decision, to make a lending decision that's more pertinent or more relevant to their industry. And so, uh, you know, uh, there are FICO uh, scores that are used specifically for mortgage lending. There are FICO scores that are used, or FICO algorithms, I should say, FICO algorithms that are used for mortgage lending, FICO algorithms that are used for auto loan lending, uh, FICO algorithms that are used for credit card uh, approvals, et cetera. And so it's not uh, sufficient. You simply cannot use um, a credit score. Like for instance, even the credit score that we give at Stand By Me cannot be used to ascertain if you can be approved for a mortgage or a car loan. Um, and, you know, so, you know, um, what the FICO scores that we provide at Stand By Me are your FICO consumer or FICO personal scores, uh, but they vary from the automobile scores or the mortgage scores. And so the only way to truly find out those scores would be to either have a mortgage lender or a car dealer or, or a bank, you know, pull your uh, specific type of credit score and, and share it with you. Or the easiest way, in my opinion, is to go to myfico.com and you can purchase a full set of uh, reports uh, and you'll get all your various scores. You'll see the ranges. So you see the categories of the score, like automobile, mortgage, et cetera. You'll see the ranges. You'll see the uh, versions of the scores, you know, uh, the uh, eight model, the 10 model, 12 model, et cetera. And then each compounded by uh, one score for each bureau. And uh, if you purchase it from myfico.com, it is also a soft inquiry. Um, so it will not lower your credit scores because whenever you get your credit pulled for informational purposes only, it's a soft inquiry and it does not lower your credit score because a uh, soft inquiry means that you, you are not applying for credit or applying for financing. Uh, but yeah, to the original question, uh, yes, there are multiple credit scores. So you simply cannot use the score that you see from Credit Karma for example, to determine if you're if you can use if you can be pre-approved for a mortgage or to get a car loan, you have to look at the specific uh, version that is relevant to that industry, and that's why so many people, um, you know, for example, they go to a, a car dealer and the car dealer asks, "Hey, how's your credit?" and they're like, "Oh, it's awesome. Credit Karma said I'm at a 700," and then the, the car dealer pulls the credit and they're like, "Oh, you're at a you know 622 or something like that." And they're like, what? How, how is that possible? Well, it's because they were pulling the FICO, essentially, for in layman's terms, the FICO automobile score, mm -hmm. which is a different algorithm and a different scoring range than the FICO pers uh, or FICO uh, personal score, which is what they might have seen from Credit Karma. So let's talk about credit utilization rate. What is it? Why is it important? And what's the ideal maximum? So credit utilization refers to how much available credit you have. So if you're thinking of a credit card and they are giving you a credit card limit, maybe they say you have a thousand dollar limit on a credit card. Utilization is how much of that limit you've used. So ideally, most of the credit 
bureaus, most experts will say you want to be around 20 to 30 percent, definitely no more than 50 percent, but 20 to 30 percent is really the ideal to show that you're not so close to the limit that you're about to go over. And really, that can really impact your credit score. That's a huge part of the credit scoring algorithms that Minaj was talking about. Keeping that credit score or that credit utilization in the lower end is one of the first things that people can do to really start seeing their scores increase. Even if they can't start paying off a bunch of old debt, just keeping that utilization down can go a long way to helping to rebuild the score. So 20 to 30% is the maximum that that we usually recommend people keep it at. So what are some of the factors that can negatively impact scores? The primary purpose of a credit profile or credit score is to determine how likely it is that someone can maintain their payment arrangements in 90 days. And so um, statistically, based on algorithms, based on the data, they find that if people are going to stop making a payment, uh, stop making payments or make payments late, it's typically based on the data within 90 days or more. And so that third month is critical. And so the whole purpose of the credit profile is to ascertain if you can maintain your payment arrangement in 90 days. Because if we take the car note example, sometimes, you know, by that third month, people will say, oh man, uh, you know, I can't really afford it this month. I kind of went in over my head. I'll, I'll make that payment late, et cetera. And so therefore, uh, making payments late adversely affects your payment history, especially if you have any payments that are currently 90 days late or more. So late payments, um, uh, if you use more than 30% credit utilization rate, um, that that pulls your uh, credit score down. And so you'll be surprised by how much, uh, uh, how big of a jump your credit scores can uh, take if you just lower your credit utilization rate from whatever it is now to 30% or less, you'll see a big jump in your credit scores in as little as 30 days. So uh, high credit utilization rate is one of them. Uh, making payments late, especially if you have payments that are 90 days late or more. Um, and then if you uh, open, if, if you have too much credit, you know, so if you're, if you're opening up a lot of credit cards and you're not using them, especially because if you, you know, people think that, um, if they don't use uh, credit cards, then it's good. Well, unfortunately, that means your credit utilization your credit utilization rate is zero, and that means the credit card uh, companies and the credit bureaus don't have any recent data to prove that you can make uh, that you can borrow money and uh, pay it back on time. And so, if you're not using your credit cards, uh, it, it may feel like it's a good idea, but unfortunately, it means that you're not showing the credit bureaus that you can borrow money and pay it back via installment payments uh, or, or you know, they can borrow money and pay it back each month uh, over time until you pay it off. And so therefore your credit scores go down because you no longer have that recent data to prove that you can borrow money and pay it back. It's just like somebody who, um, let's say, uh, uh, doesn't have any job experience on their resume and uh, the employer is looking at them and saying, well, it's not that you have bad job experience, it's just that you have no job experience. So there's no data to prove that you can show up on time, handle a job, work well within a team, you know, uh, work well with your superiors, et cetera. It's not that you have bad job experience to show that you couldn't do that. It's just that there is no data to show that you could even do that. Sure. And so that's the same principle. 
So let's get to the heart of what we want to talk about today. What are some do's and don'ts for repairing and rebuilding credit or improving credit scores? First, I would just say credit is really complicated. And the most important thing to do is not jump in and just start doing things randomly because you heard about it from a friend or your cousin or you you read an article online. Like you really need to stop and take your time and assess the situation fully and make a plan because so many times people get in over their heads, make a bunch of payment arrangements, find out they can't keep those arrangements and then wreck their credit even further. So regardless of whether you decide to work with a financial coach, which is obviously our recommendation because even the stuff that we're talking about right now is complicated and you're not gonna remember all of it. So having someone that you can bounce ideas off of, set up a plan, check in with is going to be the first thing, the first and most important thing, create that plan. The second thing is don't pay for someone to fix your credit for you because it does not work that way. And I'm talking about the places that advertise where you pay them a fee in advance and they guarantee they're going to increase your credit score. That's not possible. They can't remove anything from your credit report. Everything they can do, you can do yourself for free. And there are some exceptions to viable companies, usually nonprofits, that will help you with a debt management plan, which is completely separate. A debt management plan is where you're in over your head with credit cards. You have too much debt and not enough ability to repay it those companies will actually work with the creditor to make legally binding arrangements where you make a payment and it gets split and sent to all the creditors maintaining some sort of an agreement. These debt repair, debt fixer companies are the ones that will say, pay us a whole bunch and we'll fix it. And that does not happen. They just take their fee, wait for your credit to completely tank and then try to go in and make settlements it doesn't work. And often you end up with judgments. So there's a lot of do's and don'ts. And I'll let Minaj go into some more of the specific things that we might recommend. But first and foremost, have a plan and don't pay someone to do what you could do yourself. That will solve a lot of the issues of debt repair and won't make it worse. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Great points. The major part, part about credit is that irrespective of where you are right now, you can improve your credit score. Okay. And so that's the great thing about credit is that it just takes enough time and enough money uh, uh, applied consistently to get to the result that, result that you want. So you might be listening to this and thinking, well, you know, I, I don't, I don't uh, have much credit. You know, I don't have much credit history. Um, and so for, for, for the sake of the personal score, the FICO personal score, the range is from 300 to 850. So 300 is the lowest, 850 is the highest. So nobody can have a zero credit score. That it's it's not possible. Um, now somebody could not have a credit score. They might not have enough credit history to produce a score, but your score is never uh, zero. But anyway, somebody might say, you know, I have a four hundred or a five hundred, and I, you know, I, I don't know what to do. And so you can get to the seven and eight hundreds over time if you apply enough money and uh, and just proper credit principles. Um, consistently. And so, you know, number one, like Jude said, you know, don't, uh, there, 
typically is no benefit to hiring someone to repair your credit because you can do everything that they claim uh, they can do, um, except you can do it properly. And so, and so that's, and you don't have the adverse results of like judgments and, and, and this monthly bill that you have to pay this organization. Number two, you know, uh, one of the simplest things you can do is to get, get a uh, secured credit card. And so there are a whole bunch of options in the, in the marketplace. You can go to nerdwallet.com or bankrate.com and see various secured credit card uh, options. Capital One is a great one. And uh, without going into too much detail, basically, uh, you put a small down payment uh, for this credit card and you use it like a normal credit card. And then uh, as you show your credit worthiness over time, that money can be uh, refunded back to you. And, and the whole purpose of a secured credit card is to say, hey, if I don't pay my credit card bill, uh, you can use that down payment that I applied uh, to help cover some of my delinquent expenses. So you know that's why it's called secured. You're securing it with your own capital or your own collateral. And so it's a great option that's reported to all three credit bureaus. And so you can use that. You, you, know, you buy some gas or you buy some food each month. You keep it uh, limited at 30% or less of your credit limit. You can go to your bank and get a credit builder loan. So maybe you get a $1,200 loan. Payments are $100 a month plus interest. And you just take the full 12 months to pay that off. And now you have one year of uh, a loan on your credit history. So things like that. And so always do your very, very best to uh, pay things on time. And there are certain expenses that don't help to build your credit when you pay them when you pay them on time, but they hurt your credit if you don't pay them on time. So like your cell phone bill, it would never build your credit. It's not a credit building uh, type of expense. However, if you pay your cell phone bill late, it will drag your credit score down. So that's the that's one of the sinister, uh, sinister things about uh, credit is that some things will never help your credit, but they will certainly hurt your credit if you don't pay them on time. So just be sure to pay your uh, bills on time if at all possible. Get a credit builder loan, get a secured credit card, and maintain your credit utilization rate at 30% or less. Uh, and these things applied consistently over time will get you to a much higher credit score and a much better credit profile. Earlier, you talked about soft inquiries. Um, are there inquiries that do impact your credit score? And how does that work? Yeah, there are there are such a thing as hard inquiries. And hard inquiry is when you're actually applying for credit. So in that case, someone is viewing your credit report with an eye to determining whether or not they're going to give you a loan, give you access to a line of credit, whatever it is that you're applying for. A soft inquiry, on the other hand, is when you're viewing it for yourself, for promotional purposes, or if a company is um, doing just a general, like, I'm going to send out an, a pre-approval offer for everybody within a certain range. The soft inquiries don't count against you. The hard inquiries do, the limit or the amount that they impact you really depends on your individual credit report. One hard inquiry is not going to drop your credit score by hundreds of points. It's, it's going to be minimal as long as you are judicious with them. If you go out and apply for 50 different credit cards in a day, you can expect that your credit score is going to take a beating. However, if you're applying for one thing, that's not going to dramatically lower your score. 
The other thing to keep in mind is that certain types of loans have a grace period where you can apply for multiple loans and it's not going to count as more than one inquiry. So that's typically your auto loans and your home loans. And there's a window of time for auto loans. I believe it was most recently 14 days. And I think it's 30 for mortgages where you can apply for as many as you need to, to shop around and get the best rate. But that is not the case with credit cards. So one credit card equals one application. And one of the things I know I see a lot is someone gets denied for a credit card and goes out and applies for six more. And suddenly they have seven hard inquiries and no credit card to show for it. Um, that can hurt your credit. But it's not as dramatic as not paying on time or maxing out your credit cards. And to piggyback off of what Jude said, the reason why uh, credit card uh, applications are individual hard inquiries is because all the terms and conditions are spelled out for you from the very beginning. So upfront, you already know what the interest rate is for purchases, what the interest rate is for cash advances, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And if you don't, uh, if you always pay your bill on time, uh, meaning you pay, you pay your balance in full by the due date, you will never pay interest anyway. So all of that is spelled out uh, uh, in front of you. So therefore, there's no reason to shop around for a good rate for credit cards. That's why whenever you apply for a credit card, it's an individual inquiry. Whereas when you apply for mortgages or car loans, even though uh, the banks are using federal, uh, federally mandated guidelines, there is some latitude and some leeway there with uh, the rate that you get based on how many points you're charged, et cetera, et cetera, or the, or the term of the mortgage um, or the term of the car loan. So therefore, you might get a different interest rate with bank A versus bank B when it comes to a mortgage or a car loan. So that's why people shop around for those, but do not shop around for credit cards because if you are denied a credit card uh, with credit card company A, you will also be denied with credit card company B unless you are specifically getting a secured credit card because secured credit cards are specifically made for people with damaged credit history or no credit history. So if you have no credit history, if you have literally, if you do not have credit scores or your credit scores are damaged, then uh, get a secured credit card. I think it's really important after hearing all of these nuances that we've been discussing to remember that this is what we do all day, every day. And we are still constantly finding out new information, things that have changed, things that we thought were one way that turn out to be another way. So don't be overwhelmed if you are listening to this and thinking, I have no idea what they're talking about. I wouldn't know where to start. That's why we're here. You can talk to a coach because even all of the tips that we listed may not be possible for someone to do all at once. You need to sit down and see what is your situation? What are you dealing with? And even though, yes, maybe you need to do these five things, if you can only do one of them right now, which thing is going to give you the biggest return towards your credit score, towards your goals? So having someone to talk to can make this extremely confusing process a little more palatable, and it can really help you to not do what so many of us have done in the past and just say, forget it. I can't deal with it. I'm not opening the mail anymore. I'm not looking at these credit card bills and then creating a, an insurmountable situation. So ask for help, get the information. Don't just get overwhelmed and overloaded and ignore it.
And this is what's so great about the Stand By Me program is that you are there to help Delawareans. And I want to uh, appreciate and thank both of you and all the Stand By Me coaches for everything you do to continue to impact the financial health of folks in the state of Delaware. So thank you so much for your time today and all the tips that you've given. Today's podcast has been brought to you by the United Way of Delaware, the state of Delaware, and by our generous partners and donors. For more information, visit www.standbyme.org or facebook.com slash standbymedelaware. If you are in need of emergency food assistance, Delaware 211 is the state's referral hotline. Dial 211 or 1-800-560-3372 or text 898-211 or visit www.delaware211.org.